The following podcast is the audio version of a previously broadcasted program. It may contain words and expression which might require watching. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Twitter and Facebook. We also welcome your comments, your suggestions, and yes, your criticism. For details on our broadcast, please visit sluza.com. That's S-L-O-O-Z-A-R.com. That's Sluza.com. The podcast begins next. Welcome to Sluza, the place of common sense. Today is Monday, April 5th, 2021. My name is Mike Dushin. We all grew up in an environment in which our parents would teach us to do the right thing, not to lie, to come forward when we do something wrong. And of course, if we don't go along, we usually would be punished. I doubt that there is anyone who grew up in an environment in which their parents would tell them to do what's wrong, what's bad. It doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound like something any parent would do. So, of course, that should baffle you as to why today individual you place over you we call leaders, individuals you put trust in to do the right things, individuals you believe have a little bit more wisdom, individuals you may even think are smarter than you are. So you choose them to make decisions for you on your behalf. So what happened? when those people are not just doing what's wrong, but are telling you it is okay to do what's wrong. It's easy to do evil. In fact, it's very attractive. So how do we solve a problem like this? That's not hyperbole. Today, the country is going through a predicament caused exclusively by Republicans, leaders, those placed in position of power to do what's right. And yet they are the one doing what's wrong. They promote it, they evangelize it, they rationalize it, and they tell their supporters, their constituents, it is okay to be evil. It is okay to do evil. Thus, here we are in a predicament that we know for sure will cost the country. How can the rest of us stop that problem? First, let's take a look at the problem itself and we'll figure it out.
You are on Sousa. This is Sousa, the place for comment. Welcome to Sousa. Glad you can make it. I am MD. This program is dedicated exclusively for those with common sense, a spirit of patriotism, and a determination for a more perfect union. Stay tuned as we begin the discussion of a very important, interesting, and enlightening topic. Hope to hear from you soon. Happy listening. After reading several books based on presidents and on Obama specifically, I found that they're typically partisan. The Obama legacy targets the heart of the issue by giving credit to the president where it's due, but definitely coming down hard on Obama on his bigger failures, like his handling of the Syrian crisis. If you are in college, going to college, you are an educator, a faculty member, or someone with interest in government or politics. The Obama Legacy is definitely a book to read. My professor recommended The Obama Legacy. A friend actually recommended The Obama Legacy. I would highly recommend this book for anyone, whether for academic use or leisure reading. I would recommend this book to anyone out there searching for an impartial and unbiased look into Barack Obama's tenure as president. I would definitely recommend this book as a good read for both liberals and conservatives. If you join us before, we do thank you for helping make this journey somewhat more bearable. If you join us for the first time, once again, welcome to Slusa. This program was created with one single objective, to perfect the union. But in order to do so, we have to do something even more difficult, eradicate ignorance from conversation, from debate, from discussion, in the hope that we can all be looking at the same issues, think about those issues rationally, and bring forth a solution. It's to our advantage. So as such, I invite you at this point to follow me on Facebook, on Twitter, and uh, I also invite you to uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel. And this way, when we begin the program, we will send an invite. And in the invite, there is a link that provides you the opportunity to come to this program. And that's extremely important because this program is look at issues look at uh, topics that impact not just us today, not just this generation, but impact future generations. So as such, we hope that you can put some time aside every time you, you receive an invite to watch, to discuss and debate with us what we present here. Today we're going to look at 
another extremely important long-term impact and uh, something that can really shape our future, shape generation to come. It is the very essence of the United States of America. Whether you study history or not, you're most likely familiar with the fact that the country was built on slaves. The very beginning of the country, in fact, before the United States of America became a country. Everything, the economy was pretty much under, built on the shoulders of slaves. Slave trades across the world help a number of countries in those time, colonials, England was one such which set a system here in order to facilitate commerce. Slave trades at that time was the big item. But we're not here to talk to you about slave trades, but simply to mention an important period in the history of America, which is slavery. For the past several decades, you would think that in the United States of America, no matter which political party you belong to, you, whether it's an individual or a legislator, come to this understanding that the country has done wrong by blacks. They enslaved them. They built the country under bags. They tortured them. They killed them. They mistreated them. They discriminate against them. They prejudice against them. All those things are not assumption or speculation. Those things are what we consider and when you hear politicians talk about those things, they consider it as a dark period in the history of America. Slavery, dark period in the history of America. Now, if you hear someone say something like that, it's almost like an individual who come to understand that he or she was doing something wrong and decide from that point forward, we are going to do, or I am going to do everything possible so that I don't do those things anymore because they were wrong. So I recognize that and everything that related to that wrong that I was doing, I will do my best to prevent that from coming back into my life.
February is the month that set aside a decade or so ago to celebrate black history. That's a time that blacks feel joyful. They talk about all kind of achievement done by blacks. Whites, including even those who are hypocrites, those who are racist, those who discriminate on a regular basis, they all come out and pretend that they doing something or they like the idea that they celebrate black achievement. In fact, in all the major network, you saw on February, on the, in the month of February, that they feature blacks, what blacks have achieved in the country. And blacks, unfortunately, most blacks, they tend to think that there is so much progress that has been done, it clouds the fact that there are a lot of, a lot of bad things that are being done to blacks as they were celebrating Black History Month. And those are not things done in the past to black, but things that are happening today. While they were celebrating Black History Month, of course in this program, if you watch it, we spend the time showing you that while they were featuring Black's achievement, now we were featuring the predicament that Blacks today are under. Executed by police officers, mistreated by the justice system, regarded, mistreated, or not being treated equally on the street, at the hospital, at the school, at the workplace, while we celebrated Black History Month. And I also mentioned to you at that time that during that period, Black History Month, when the very people that go on national TV and pretend to have any concern, any interest in the celebration of Blacks, they were behind the scene crafting legislation, bringing forth policies to make it more difficult for blacks to participate in American democracy. And that was being done exclusively by Republican leaders. For those of you who watch this program, it should be no surprise to you because I wrote extensively about that problem and I talk a great deal about it, that Republican leaders do not want anything to do with blacks. They work against the interests of blacks. They bring forth laws, legislation, policies that are detrimental to blacks. All the while they're standing and say, hey, I'm not racist. Am I racist if I say this, if I say that? Show me a Republican leader who brings forth legislation, who brings forth policies, who ask for better treatment for blacks, 
who asked for the justice system to be corrected so that blacks do get treated equally as white. Show me a Republican who does that. So when I talk about those things, it's not something I pull out of a hat. It's not my assumption, it's not my speculation, it's decades of Republican leaders working against the interests of blacks in America. And usually, those things are shrugged off because, well, like, maybe it's a damn liberal talking. I challenge anyone, Democrat, Republican, anyone who believe that what I'm saying is false, to show me a Republican leader, whether it's in Washington or anywhere across the country, who works on behalf of the interests of black, who proposes things that benefits black. Because for decades, Republicans have done one thing and one thing only work against the interests of black. Everything that will make life much more difficult for blacks, you can rest assured that Republicans are all for it. In the news, they talk about, we're not racist. Currently, in Georgia, as you already know, there are laws that just got put in the book by Governor Brian Kemp, and they tell you, oh, that's not against black. Now, I want to bring something forth to you before we move into giving you a little bit more detail. The 2020 outcome of the presidential election should give you, should be ex tangible examples that show you how Republicans always work against blacks in general. And they don't seem to make any kind of excuses for it. The despicable individual who was in the Oval Office before Joe Biden started the process of promoting the idea of voters' fraud. Now, that could be construed as a general statement. So far, we cannot say it has anything to do with blacks. Because that moron is a liar. He leaves lying to gullible and naive and ignorant people who believe those lies. And sadly, there are other people that don't necessarily believe those lies, but promote them because it benefits them. Today, this is what you have as the Republican leaders. And those are not speculation or assumption. They live exclusively in a world where they lie to their constituent, they deceive them, they mislead them, and unfortunately, those constituents are not smart enough to gr grasp that problem, and they continue to support those same individuals. People who lie to you is because they don't think you are worth the truth.
That's the reason people lie to you, by the way. You are not worth the truth. That's why they lie to you. So during that time, that despicable moron who used to be the leader of this nation ran a campaign of accusing, of claiming there is voters fraud. But I want you to pay close attention to the following aspect of this conversation. There was challenge in Wisconsin, voters fraud in Wisconsin. Challenge Georgia, challenge Pennsylvania, challenge Michigan. Of course, Arizona was one of the places that loosely, was loosely challenged. But one thing that is the common denominator across the board of all those places that were challenged for voters fraud, only the counties with the most, with a, the greater population of resident in those counties, black. Now, each one of those states, huge state, there are plenty of counties. And yet, the challenges of voter fraud occurred only in those counties that were predominantly black. You could say one is luck, two, coincidence. But each and every one of those counties in those states that was challenged was predominantly black. Those are not things that happen by accident. Republicans make the calculation that blacks' vote should not be important enough, so as such, they can challenge them. In fact, in Arizona, a proposition for legislation put on the table that says, we are going to be looking at the quality of the vote. Now, what does that mean? Exactly. A vote is a vote. I cast my vote, you cast your vote. What, what quality is a vote? If you white, great quality. If you black, eh, not so much. That's what the Republican legislators in Arizona proposed. Before we accept a vote, we're going to be looking at the quality of the vote. So when I tell you that Republican leaders don't want anything to do with blacks, you as a black person, you may be sitting there and think, oh, this is gibberish. Oh, my God, that guy always talking. Those are things that are happening, not just conversation, not just people talking gibberish, but Republican legislators in those respective states that are working to make certain that black vote do not matter. It's already happened in the state of Georgia, and we'll provide you a couple of other examples of how bad it is across the country. 
So if you are a black individual, you lending your vote to Republican, you automatically become part of the problem because you helping Republican leaders that are oppressing black, that are suppressing their vote, carry out that task. They don't make any qualm about doing that. After they finish doing it, they justify it, they defend it, they rationalize it, and they make certain that their Republican constituent feel that, oh yeah, that was the right thing to do. I'm here to tell you that Republican leaders have been conducting a war against that, and now they have up the ante. It's way worse than it was a few years ago. Instead of working to make things better, instead of working for progress, instead of working to acknowledge that they've done wrong to blacks in the past, as they pretend that they recognize, now they're working to make certain that they make it difficult for blacks. And yet, they have the audacity of being on TV and pretend that they care. Republican leaders, and this is the rule of thumb, Republican leaders, unless and until you actually can see one working on behalf of black, Republican leaders in general work against the interests of blacks, and that's across the country. So the question we always have to ask ourselves is, why? We know racists don't like blacks. We know white supremacists don't like blacks. We know QAnon, KKK, all those individuals, they express their hatred for blacks openly and we saw the past four years, during the time they, were, they felt comfortable taking to the street and expressing their hatred towards blacks, most Republican leaders were silent. Most of them were silent. And we're going to show you, once again, this is not some accident. And this is not politics, because usually when those issues emerge, network tend to make analysis, this is all just all politics. Oppressing a group is politics, so no problem, because it's just policy. They use blacks as the pawn. They can oppress blacks. Well, because, you know, it's just politics. They can suppress their vote. It's just politics. Deny them the right to vote. Just politics. Discriminate against them. Just politics. If you are a black individual in America, you have not come to that conclusion yet, 
I can tell you with a high degree of certainty, you are a total moron. Because if you study history here in America, and you take the time to see what has been happening for the past several decades with the Republican leaders, there is no way in the world that any average intelligent individual who is black would lend their support, their vote to a Republican because they all work against the best interests of blacks. And Georgia is going to be our launching pad today. And we're going to show you that, indeed, Republican leaders across the country are not let up. They just begin the process of working against blacks. After reading several books based on presidents and on Obama specifically, I found that they're typically partisan. The Obama legacy targets the heart of the issue by giving credit to the president where it's due, but definitely coming down hard on Obama on his bigger failures, like his handling of the Syrian crisis. If you are in college, going to college, you are an educator, a faculty member, or someone with interest in government or politics, the Obama Legacy is definitely a book to read. My professor recommended the Obama Legacy. A friend actually recommended the Obama Legacy. I would highly recommend this book for anyone, whether for academic use or leisure reading. I would recommend this book to anyone out there searching for an impartial and unbiased look into Barack Obama's tenure as president. I would definitely recommend this book as a good read for both liberals and conservatives. If you just join, my name is Mike Duchenne and this is Lusa. We're talking about how Republican leaders have been waging wars against blacks for several decades now. In the midst of the 21st century, you would think that having recognized what the country has done to blacks, enslaved them, wrong them, discriminate against them, and make it difficult for them to even lift themselves up, put stumbling block, obstacle every step of the way. Even in the 21st centuries, the country is still coping with a major problem, discrimination against blacks. Now you would think that people who are leaders would be sensitive enough because they know history. They read the same thing we all read. Their parents, and, more, and some of them, their parents, their grandparents, their ancestors were slave owners. Today they pretend to hate slavery. They pretend to hate the past. They talk about it as if, oh gee, that should not have happened. And yet those are the same people today who are working to make it as hard, as difficult for black as it was during slavery time.
The pillar of America is voting. No country can claim to be democratic if the people in the country cannot vote, cannot elect leaders, and get rid of leaders. In light of what just happened in Georgia, under pressure by protests from blacks in general, a number of companies start voicing their opposition for a law in the book that Governor Brian Kemp just signed in, uh, in, in Georgia. And the laws went so far as saying that it would be a crime for someone to hand a bottle of water to an individual who is in line waiting to vote. That's how ridiculous that Republicans have how far they going to make sure that they make things so difficult for blacks. Now, here's one thing that I want you to look at, because sometimes when you're talking about a topic, a small little detail is, is, is not talked about, or people don't even think about it because it's small, and you assume those things. For decades, Republicans have been always talking about voters' fraud. They consider that as an S-card, because that's how they get their constituent to hate Democrats. That's how they get their constituent not to realize that they're being conned by their leaders. So. The continuation of claiming voters' fraud make it more difficult for more people to go out and vote. It is a belief that the fewer people go to the poll, the better it is for Republicans. And it is statistically proven that's true. Now, when you're like an individual as a leader, you expect that individual to do the job for which you elect that individual, Democrat or Republican. So if you elect a senator, a congressman, a mayor, a governor, now the best way for that individual to hope to be reelected is by doing the job. Just like if you were to work for a company, the company is not... Your employer is not going to get rid of you if you're doing the job for which you were hired. That's just the way it works. But Republican leaders have a different idea. They think that if they kill the employer, meaning the people, if they kill the employer, they can keep the job because there is no one to fire them. So you would think doing the job would be the way to go. But they prefer to go the route of committing a crime instead of doing the job for which they were hired. For several decades, Republicans have been claiming there are voters fraud. 
for those of you who have watched this program before, we mentioned and we showed, we proved that two decades of data prove that's not true. Two decades, 20 years of data show that the idea of voters fraud in America doesn't exist. And yet, Republican leaders, not some ignorant individual on the street, not some propagandist, not some mouthpiece, leaders, Republican leaders, legislators, are the ones that are promoting the idea of voters' fraud. Georgia always vote Republican for 28 years, if I'm not mistaken, always gone to the Republican leader, to the Republican nominee for president. Always. So there was never any problem in Georgia as far as voters fraud. I mean, everything was just running fine. There was no need to, uh, to, to craft laws to restrict people from, from going, from, uh, to restrict the number of days, to, restrict, uh, to put restriction on people standing in line. There was never any problem in Georgia until 2020 because Republican lost the state of Georgia. And the reason Republican lost the state of Georgia, because more people went to vote. Remember I just mentioned to you, the fewer people go to vote, the better it is for Republican. Because Republicans always rely on that very problem, that people are not engaged, they do not go to the poll to vote. So when, in 2020, a crowd of people went to the poll and voted and voted for the Democrat candidate, suddenly Republican had a problem, voting fraud. We have to keep a lead on that. So if they win, there is no voter fraud. If they lose, voter fraud. And they rely on the naiveness and the ignorance of the constituent to continue to peddle those, those falsehoods. Because it's only those without really a brain that buy into that story and they're able to go along with that and accept that an individual that they elected to office can actually work to deprive groups of people of their rights to vote. I mentioned before in this program that Republican leaders rely exclusively on the ignorance of the Republican constituent. And that's not a hyperbole, that's not gibberish, and that's true. Because every time Republicans try to do something, they always rely on the fact that their constituents are not smart enough to understand that they're being lied to. The former president spent his time in office only lying to the constituent. And it seemed to work. When people lie to you, 
is because they believe you are not worth the truth. Now, Delta and a group of other company, Coca-Cola, um, Major League Baseball, voicing their opposition against that legislation that Governor Brian Kemp just signed into law in the state of Georgia because it is it is it is the most obvious attack on blacks on voting yes the same people that always pretend that they concern about blacks the same people that always pretend that they not racist. The same people that always pretend that they want to make things better for black. Those same people, they they talking with one side of the mouth saying one thing and what the most important aspect of it, which is legislation, laws, policies, they work against the interests of black. I've been telling you that for the longest. If you're a black individual, it's a guarantee that your Republican legislator work against your best interests. The Major League Baseball is moving its headquarters out of Georgia in protest for what Brian Kemp just signed into law. Literally attacking the freedom attacking voting rights. Yes, the same people that always pretend, oh my God, the country had a bad past. They enslaved blacks. They mistreated blacks. They continue to do what's wrong to blacks. That is a dark period in our history that we should really feel bad about the fact that America has that problem. And here it is, in the midst of the 21st century, the same people, the same hypocrites, they're the one now sitting someplace, having nothing better for them to do except to work against the interests of blacks. So if you think you believe them that they really were concerned, Yeah, when they're talking, they pretend to be concerned. You know, discrimination, we have to work against that. You know, KKK, white supremacists taking to the street. As I mentioned to you, during the 20, during the past four years, most of them stay silent with white supremacists taking to the street. Most of them stay silent with their leader, the former despicable individual who occupied the Oval Office were attacking blacks, attacking women, attacking uh, people of Arab descent. They all were silent. Republicans, Republican leaders, they're the one that put the country in the predicament it is in today. It doesn't happen by sheer accident. Those are the very individuals who, instead of working to solve the problem in this country, 
They spending their time looking for ways to make it difficult for groups of people to vote, to exercise their civic duty. And they celebrate when they do that. Yes, we just passed a great piece of legislation to make it difficult for blacks to vote. Yes, that's going to show them. The Republican Party is a haven of and for racists. Show me a Republican leader, show me a Republican leader who works to better the lives of blacks, who works in the interest of blacks. Show me a Republican leader who does that. And if you are a Republican leader and you think what I'm saying is gibberish, well, prove me wrong. Because for several decades, Republicans have steadily, continuously, aggressively worked against the best interests of blacks. Now, you cannot look at someone on the street and say the person is against black, especially people in the Republican Party like to think of themselves as Christian. He is a food for thought for you. The Bible says you will recognize the tree by the fruit it bears, which is the apple tree. Doesn't have to scream, I'm an apple tree. Doesn't have to. So telling me that you're not racist doesn't mean anything. It's like the apple tree screaming that it is an orange tree. Tell me you're not racist. Tell me you do not discriminate doesn't mean anything. Let's take a look at the policies. Let's take a look at the legislation. Let's take a look at the laws that you've been pushing forward. The, the, the fruit that you bear. Let's take a look at that, and then we'll decide who you are. I guarantee you, anyone who goes that way and take a look at what Republican leaders across the nation have been pushing as laws, as legislation, as policies, I guarantee you, you will walk away knowing for certain, without any doubt, that Republican leaders across the nation work against blacks. That's not an assumption. If you're just sitting in your living room and making comment and statement, or you know some uh, white individual who is legislator, and then you think, oh, hey, those people are not racist. I mean, I know that. I know those people. I've been with those people. Take a look at the laws. Take a look at the legislation they vote for. Take a look at the policies they vote for, they support. 
because they can talk to you. They can pretend they have no problem with blood, but they're putting in place a structure that makes it difficult not only for you, but for future generations, your children, your grandchildren. So no, those people do not care for blacks. You will recognize the tree by the fruit it bears. So telling me you're not racist or laughing and smiling with a black individual doesn't make any one of those legislators not racist. Take a look at how Mitch McConnell has been putting judges on the bench. Take a look at how he's been voting. Lindsey Graham, Jim Jordan, take a look at what they have been doing, how much impact they have on black. Negative impacts. That's what I strongly encourage you to look at. Not an individual, because any individual that you deal with in fact, the closer you are to an individual, the less likely you would to know what the individual is like. They will smile with you. That doesn't do anything for you or for your children. Take a look at the legislation they propose. If you are in Arizona, for instance, and you have all those legislators that you know. Oh, I know Joe, I know Jack, I know Jill. Yeah, those people are good people. I go to lunch with them. I go to function with them. Go to some baseball uh, uh, game with them because our kids go to the same school. No problem, he's not racist. Every Republican in Arizona voted for quality of the vote. What do you think that means? Which vote has quality, which vote doesn't? I didn't know there was such a thing as quality of the vote. So if you are in Arizona and you think that those people that you're laughing with, you go into the same ball game with, that your kids go to the same school with, they're not racist, then you're mistaken. Because every Republican in the state of Arizona voted for that legislation. They're not racist. So whose vote have quality, whose vote don't? Republican leaders across the country don't want anything good for blacks. It's a statement that I said today, until they change the way that they act, that statement is 100% true. Because laughing with you, going to dinner with you, is not proof they're not racist. Take a look at what they do. As I mentioned before, what we talk about in this program is not thing we take out of a heart. It's not something we pull out of a heart to talk to you about. We do our homework. Republican leaders are the one responsible for the predicament that the country is in today. Take a look at that. Texas already have 49 restrictions for voting. 
Georgia, 25. Arizona, the state I just mentioned to you. I use those three states to give you a sense of what is going on. But there are, across the country, across the country, as we're talking, as of March 24th, to be exact, there were 361 type of restriction in voting in America, all of them by Republicans. So when you hear that those individuals, and they're masters of deception, they can tell you that, oh, gee, we're doing that so that we can make sure there is no voters fraud. There is no voters fraud. Take a look at what's happening in Georgia. Delta voice its opposition against those action by Governor Brian Kemp in terms of making it more difficult for people to vote. Look at what happened. The Georgia House, fully in the hands of Republicans, they vote to punish Delta. Now, sometimes you have to ask yourself the question. If you have an individual who's done something wrong, because usually that's the way it goes with logical people. If you've done something wrong and it is brought to your attention, you don't have to be, to have gone to college. You don't have to really know much about anything it becomes so obvious to you that the best way to remedy to that situation is by acknowledging the problem, meaning you acknowledge that, yes, you've done wrong, and then now you work towards correcting the wrong. You know what's happening? Republicans actually justifying the wrong that they've done. So instead of realizing that Delta Coca-Cola, the Major League Baseball, are protesting against that kind of problem in the state. Instead of realizing that's a problem, now they go after those companies. In is Marco Rubio, the guy who wants to be president. Now, Marco Rubio may think he's white. As a matter of fact, he's acting as if he's white because he doesn't get discriminated against. He doesn't feel that he has a problem. Marco Rubio left behind Matt Gates in his state that's now under investigation in order for to take the opportunity to talk about that problem. Someone in his state, a representative, sleeping with minor. You think you would have the more such the, the, the more quality, the more value to talk against that. No, it's not. Because that's not a problem in the Republican Party. You're wrongdoing. They live under 
the previous administration doing just that, and they were okay with that. They embraced it. They defended it. Now, instead of talking against an individual who slept with minor, now he is talking against Coca-Cola that took a stand against what is happening in Georgia. Those are the type of people in the Republican Party. Those are the type of leaders that the Republican Party has. People who believe that wrongdoing should be justified, not acknowledged and corrected, but justified. So Marco Rubio may think that when the law targets black, then he's not concerned because he's white. You know, he doesn't care. It is a pity, really, in the Republican Party to see the white individuals, they pretend to acknowledge a problem of slavery, discrimination, prejudice in the country. They pretend that because they've been doing everything to show that not only they don't care, but they want to perpetuate the problem in the country. Now, here you are, Marco Rubio, of Hispanic descent, Instead of acknowledging there is a problem of discrimination, instead of supporting those people who are protesting the problem, no, it takes the other side. Oh my God, Coca-Cola, I am there out of line. Yes, Marco Rubio, he wants to be president. It is sad, frankly. It is really sad. to see this is what America has become. There is not a single individual in the Republican Party that one can look up to for guidance because they are corrupt, they are racist, even Marco Rubio, Hispanic, racist, because he thinks he's superior to black. So yes, if blacks are protesting, yeah, they shouldn't do that. Coca-Cola supporting the protest. Oh, Coca-Cola is out of line. It is a sad story in America to see that beyond slavery, that the Republican Party embraced racism as a way forward. Everything that they do, every policy, Every legislation, every law that they bring forth to the table is to work against the interests of blacks. Now, it is. We have an Hispanic joining the group. I don't know if he thinks he's Hispanic or if he thinks he's white. I guess depending on his view, because he may think he's white, that's why he's supporting the white movement. Yes, Marco Rubio now is talking against the people that oppose the restriction that Georgia and other states are putting on blacks. Because he doesn't think it's affected. You know, he saw above the rest. This is the Republican Party. And if you are black individual in the United States of America, I don't know that I can say that enough. Republicans across the country do not want anything to do with you. And don't take going to lunch with them as they embrace you. Don't take sitting 
at a game with them and eating popcorn or hot dog, they, they value you because as they're laughing with you, they are passing legislation that make it more difficult for your children and your grandchildren to live in a country that values them. So no, those people, they're not working on your behalf. And blacks never ask to be looked at better than white. They're looking for equality, to be treated equally. And white, in position of power, in position of leadership, work against the interests of blacks. When I said, show me a Republican who work in the best interest of blacks, I didn't say, show me a white Republican. I didn't say, show me a black Republican. I didn't say, show me a Hispanic Republican. Say, show me a Republican. And here it is, Marco Rubio, now leading the charge. He wants to be president, so he's talking. He wants to say something. Oh yeah, Coca-Cola shouldn't really be, 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 be doing that because blacks are being deprived of their right, so Coca-Cola should have stayed out of it. He's a guy who would, if he were to have a grain of common sense and understand that he's not white, he would have taken the side of those protesting against those type of discrimination and side with them and lend his voice to that. Instead, what did he do? He take the other side because, oh, yeah, I'm white. I do not side with blacks. We'll talk about Marco Rubio more because we have to give you a presentation on Marco Rubio who wants to be president. That's the kind of people they have in the Republican Party. There is no leader you can look up to because they're all the same. They're all crook. They're all racist. They pretty much fall into the same category. Now you do have, as you saw before, when we talk like this, it may sound like there is not a single one. There is a small group. And we'll point that out in our next program. After reading several books based on presidents and on Obama specifically, I found that they're typically partisan. The Obama legacy targets the heart of the issue by giving credit to the president where it's due, but definitely coming down hard on Obama on his bigger failures, like his handling of the Syrian crisis. If you are in college, going to college, you are an educator, a faculty member, or someone with interest in government or politics, the Obama Legacy is definitely a book to read. My professor recommended the Obama Legacy. A friend actually recommended the Obama Legacy. I would highly recommend this book for anyone, whether for academic use or leisure reading. I would recommend this book to anyone out there searching for an impartial and unbiased look into Barack Obama's tenure as president. I would definitely recommend this book as a good read for both liberals and conservatives. We should ask 
this important question. Is there hope for America? And that's not an exaggeration to ask the question. Because today we have a political party that work against the interests of a group in the country, blacks. The war on blacks is nothing new. As I mentioned in the beginning, blacks were enslaved. And uh, even beyond slavery, black continue to struggle in the United States of America. What makes the conversation more difficult is the fact that the country has always had two groups of white. One group that cannot stand the idea of blacks being oppressed. In fact, during the period of time that we talk about slavery, we show you that there were white that actually put their lives on the line in order to help end slavery. Since slavery time, there is that group, and there is the larger group of whites who want to make sure that they keep things the way things have always been, which means blacks not being able to progress, black being oppressed, being suppressed, and everything that blacks are, try to, are trying to do, they put stumbling block, they put obstacle to prevent blacks from succeeding. Even after the passage of the Civil Rights Act, you would think that today that should not be a problem at all. In means of the 21st century, you have individuals in position of leadership in the Republican Party. And that's not a small group, that's not a few people. Across the country, they embark in a campaign to make life more difficult for blacks, to put obstacle, You would think people, especially in government, in position of leadership, would work to make things easier, to make things better for people, regardless of political party or race. Republican leaders don't even bother to hide those things anymore. They publicly say where they stand, and they defend that. Yes, they publicly say, yes, this is okay to do it. And you don't have others in the party that would rebuke them, that would make a stand against them instead. 
they defend, they embrace, and we saw that very problem the past four years, where their leader did everything that you can imagine that was wrong, that was detrimental to the country. And you have all of the Republican defending him, rationalizing what he did, and making it okay for them to do what's wrong. In a normal world, you would expect the Republican constituent to be smart enough and take make decisions that would get rid of those morons, of those despicable individuals that are destroying the country. In a normal world, that's what you would have. And it so happened that the Republican constituent, at least the majority of them, they too are okay with wrongdoing. They too are okay with depriving others of the rights to vote. Law Ingram, a few days ago, said on Fox, Delta is going to pay a price for opposing what Brian Kemp did. Oh, what did Brian Kemp did? He signed into law to deprive blacks of rights. Now, you don't have any individual that can tell you that that's wrong, not in the Republican Party. The legislators in the respective state are doing it, and they have a mouthpiece that says, oh, they're going to pay a huge price for opposing that. And that's what the country, in, that's why the country is in the predicament it is in today. Because you don't have anyone in the Republican Party that has a brain to realize that something wrong with what's being done and for them to take a stand against that. So they all in on it. They rationalize it. They defend it. They say, well, whoever opposes it, tell you, we, we're going we're gonna to come after you. That's the Republican Party today. In other words, the United States of America cannot count on Republicans. So how do we solve that problem? Join me tomorrow when we continue this conversation and surely we'll bring you something to begin the conversation about solving this problem in America. My name is Mike Duchenne. This is Slusa. I hope you have a fantastic afternoon or evening, whichever it happened to be. I hope you can join me again tomorrow. Good day. I guess we're having a a small little problem, so let's, I guess not. So what end up happening is, 
it seems like we are completely disconnected. So let's solve this problem a different way.